With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain Swire football podcast. Regular season, postseason part one in the books. Championship game is over. We'll talk about that here with myself, Jeremy, and Matt. And we're here. We have fewer and fewer football games. The one title game of the weekend is complete, and it was a it was a solid game, I thought. I think so. Yeah. And now we're down to seven more games, seven more Mountain West football games that we'll talk about eventually. But today we're focusing on the championship. Yeah. We'll talk about the championship game. We'll talk about the surprising Jeff Tedford stepping down. Uh, it, like you said, Matt, touching briefly on the bowl game because I didn't realize I'm doing the, doing a quick recap or not recap. It's kind of a quick post. Like, here's a schedule. I did not realize Potato Bowl is getting that covered in January third time slot. Yeah, you know what? At least uh, it'll have the spotlight to itself, right? Something like that, yeah. Mistaken. Yeah, because for a call, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it in chronolo- chronological order. I'm like, where it's usually like that first day with the with the Vegas Bowl and those things and stuff, but uh, it's not. But we'll get that later. Let's get to the title game. So, Boise State wins the Mountain West Championship, which we weren't surprised, were we? Were you no. surprised? No. I was surprised. Well, actually, should we, uh, we should actually say the score. It was 31-10 um, for the game. Yeah. You know what it could have been like? What my I'll we'll kind of balance all over the place on the game. What was kind of most interesting for me in the game was it was Boise State's defense that basically won them this game. With how many time, times like how close Hawaii was to go for it, like on the fourth and fourth and one after the penalty in the first half, we don't get the score there and those type of things. Like how many turnover on downs they had, mm-hmm. and that was kind of. For me, that's kind of basically it. If you want to do the Cliff Notes version, it's kind of the quickness of what happened in this game. Interception as well, the toss to midfield or the end zone. That was guy kind of chilling, but Boise scored thirty-one. But for me, it was all defense for Hawaii or Boise why they won. Yeah, I definitely think you're right about that um, because you, regardless of whether you want to break it down by half or, or by the full game or whatever, go for it. Um, <laughs> you know, on a per play basis, they ended up just about even like Boise ended up with a slight advantage. It was 5.4 to 5.2. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you really kind of get into the numbers, you know, especially in that first half, one thing that jumps out to me is that Boise was four of eight on third downs, So they were able to keep drives moving. Mm-hmm. Whereas Wyoming or excuse me, Hawaii was always playing from kind of behind the eight ball. They were only one of six on third downs and they were able to supplement that a little bit by going two of three on fourth down as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you know, obviously that one fourth down that they missed is one of those big turning points of the game. And, you know, like you said, it's not that Hawaii didn't have its opportunities. It's when you look at the drive chart, you know, you see that basically every time Boise State crossed the 40, they got points out of it, you know, in four out of those five opportunities were touchdowns. Conversely, you know, Hawaii had what one, two, three, four, five opportunities of its own inside the Boise forty-yard line. Well, they had the one right at the one-yard line. They got the offside. They said to go for it instead of kicking. So let's talk about that for a moment. <laughs> do you think that that was the right decision? You're asking me. I figured you'd say blatantly yes, right at the one-yard line. 
It's tied 3-3. Three to three. The announcers said, take the points of this game. I'm like, yeah, here's why it worked out fine for them. They don't score. They force a Boise State punt. So, like, I I thought it was fine. Like, that's what, that's what he does all year long. Why would we expect anything different when he, on that drive, McDonald, they're moving the ball fairly well. A couple, um, the one false start didn't help, but I thought it was fine. Like, they had two, I guess, false, bar, false starts, um, but moving the ball a bit. I figured, you're that close. You only need one yard. Do it. Can I just say I'm very glad you finally come around on that? Hey, I've been coming around for a while. <laughs> it took know, me a little I'm bit. just giving you a hard time. At this no, particular, but, but you're to one yard line. Come on. It's like, it was just. Um, as, far as, as far as following the conversation on Twitter and stuff like that, it was interesting to me that they didn't, there didn't seem to be a lot of disagreement about that, though. It'd be, you know, to your point that this is what Hawaii has been doing all year long. And I think that when you consider the situation that they came into this game as a multiple touchdown underdog on the road, you know, you have a chance to win a championship. You have a chance to, you know, put Boise on its back heel by building, what was it, like a 10 nothing lead at that point? It would have been 10 to 3 if they scored a touchdown. It would have been 10 to 3. So at that point, I think you have to try to seize that advantage. Like, I, I, that's just one of those things that the, the analytics say you need to be more aggressive. Well, any team, several. like any team, would have should have done that. Like they're at the two yard line. Here's the odd thing too: they're going to kick the field goal on the two yard line. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we'll get one more yard. Sure. Like any team on fourth and one or fourth and goal at one should go for it. Like it was inside the one. It was just a missed block where the guy just gobbled up McDonald when he went off that tackle side. Like there well, was was that the play where they they thought it might have been offsides? Yes, clearly. Yeah, Wimpy got was him. That, that was that was that was was that Wimpy or was that Sonatoni? No, Wimpy who, made the tackle. Wimpy wrapped up McDonald, but it was clearly offsides. No, I don't think it was though. I I wa- You know what? I watched the clip like five times. I because I was watching like it on that. Hulu. But you can't jump forward like that. No, but here's the thing though. At no point. Did any part of his body jump across the football before it was snapped? I had to look at the like rules. By the, by the time his helmet it crossed was close. the line of scrimmage, the yeah. ball was already being snapped. And there's no neutral zone anymore. That's the NFL and, and NFL thing also. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I saw a couple of people point out that that might have been offsides. I don't think that it was. I think it was just extremely good timing and snap. I would have to look again just because maybe it's on the punt, a punt situation because the center's kind of protected as well. Mm-hmm. But that might be a punt situation where, however you snap the ball, it was extremely close. I felt they could have called offsides. I'm not saying it was blatantly offsides, like, well, maybe I did earlier. But thinking about, it, I watched it a couple of times. Well, they had the nice pylon view, like or the the camera view right there, and that's the view that I'm talking. Yeah, about. yeah. I would have been fine either way. Like it was that close. Like, had you called offsides? I'm like, yeah, I could see offsides. Not offsides. Mm-hmm. Extremely close. So when it's that close, like you can't. I mean, like you think of it this way: if they're going to review that for indisputable evidence, like say it's a reviewable play. There's nothing. I don't think there's enough to say either way to go to call that. This go with what was called on the field. Mm-hmm. So I guess that that should be my stance so far. If I were to replay this and needed to have exact evidence, what do you got? And they had nothing enough either way. I don't think so. But the play call is right. They went off tackle. Wimpy got him because he somehow went unblocked on the goal line. How does that happen too? It's like you did. The, they had for two. For two or back there was a giant playing out there number seven in the backfield. It's like. You gotta have somebody block everybody. How do you not get that guy blocked? Like he came mm-hmm. untouched on the one yard line. Yeah, and I mean one of the other things that we talked about that really betrayed Hawaii in this game is, you know, 
obviously we, we kind of, I don't think we mentioned it specifically in the preview. I can't remember if we did or not, but everybody knows that Alberton stadium is a very hard place for, for opponents to like be on time. You know, they, what is it? They have more false starts than yeah, they mentioned that during the stadium in the country. Yeah. They mentioned that like on that first drive. Well, Hawaii had two on that drive where they didn't get points. So they had uh, eight penalties on offense. Seven of them were false starts. Hawaii? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's not good. <laughs> and so, yeah, and and I mean beyond that, they didn't really shoot themselves in the foot that much. You know, they they, they were able to move the ball here and there, but you know, like you said, credit to Boise's defense. You know, we mentioned Louis. We didn't mention the fact that he was the defensive MVP in this game. Mm-hmm. He had come up with a couple of very critical sacks in the game, um, as well as a forced fumble. So, you know, again, it was just a matter of making plays, and Boise made more of them in, in the situations that counted. Yeah, and then also, like, looking over, like, I am shocked. Only one quarterback played Cole McDonald. He had the one pick, which I guess he didn't see the guy, because I see the deep pass, and then, like, oh, that could be good. But then the guy was kind of backstepping and basically jumped and caught it. It's like turnovers killed them as well. Like, they're, I said they could be minus one and win the game. Apparently not. They're minus one, two, two for one. But both, uh, was it? I believe both turnovers led to points. They had the interception that one in the end zone that went for a touchdown, eighty yards. Then they had the uh, see fumble led to a touchdown. So that's fourteen points there. You gift not, not gifting like if you're in the end zone deep, whatever. You still have to go eighty yards. That's still something significant to do. But when you fumble the ball deep in your own territory, and you only need eight nine yards for a touchdown. That's uh, that's not what you want exactly. But yeah, I mean, I don't think McDonald was really the problem in this. No, game. no, no. You know, I'm just especially saying, especially early on because you know he finished 20 of 36, 241 yards in the one pick. Not bad. But he was 15 of his first 22, mm-hmm. and especially on those first couple of drives, they were moving the ball down the field, um, kind of in a way you don't really expect uh, to see from Hawaii. There was a lot of short yeah. intermediate passes, but that's not to say that he wasn't also dropping the occasional dime too. You know, he had a, that 140 yard pass to Jojo Ward mm-hmm. and another 46 yard play to Jared smart on what was it? Third and 18. I believe Something it was. Like that, yeah. Pretty big play. So it's not like he wasn't making plays, but it was that one stretch, which included the fumble right at the very end where he, he missed six straight passes. And by the time he did that, the game was basically out of reach. Yeah. And so, like, and looking at what even like, if we see Boise's defense pretty much won the game, which you could say for the most part, like I did, like they only scored ten points, but Hawaii's defense did reason. I know it's thirty-one points, it's a lot, but like they held the running game in check, not too much. Like Henderson had to run a lot, which he got fifty yards. George mm-hmm. Lani did fine, sixty-seven. They were more efficient than they were explosive for Boise. Like Henderson ended up twenty of twenty-nine, did have the one pick, but like they, there wasn't anything particular. That was, they had a couple of long passes as two thirty plus yarders, but they didn't have anything where they were just going, just taking it to the Hawaii defense the whole game. That one drive kind of sucked when they had eighty yards into one of the ends, and that's a big, a big drive. They had a couple long, they had a couple long methodical drives. They weren't just going down and getting all the yards. They had the short field a couple on those, so it's like the punt. They got the bigger turn right there, so it's like all right, two plays, they score a touchdown in that first half, but. Hawaii's defense did fine, but it's just like even had they been perfect, no turnovers, that's and they don't score any points, they're still down ten to ten. You know what I mean? Ten to seventeen. Mm-hmm. It's still not a game they're going to win, even if there are no turnovers either way. Yeah, I mean, it was really those two drives that Boise State had right before halftime that were the backbreaker. 
And yeah. when you take a step back and look at it, because you know they have, you know they they lean a lot on on Jalen Henderson to go up ten to three, and he has like a perfect strike to Khalil Shakir. Mm-hmm. Um, and then immediately after that, you know Hawaii is trying to you know, throw their way back down the field. They go three and out. Minus and eight. it only yeah, and it only takes two plays for Boise to come back down and score again. So yeah, I think you know you can point to several places and maybe say that's the ball game right there. But I think that sequence where Hawaii's inability to move the football and drain the clock too. Like I think maybe if they had gone uh, a little less pedal to the metal there maybe try to feel themselves, you know, a first down or something like that. Um, yeah, a minute left in the half. And... Because going now, going into halftime down 10 to 3 is a little bit better than going down 17 to 3, especially when you consider, you know, again, right after halftime, they had the ball first. Yeah. They went down to the five-yard line yeah. and turned it over on downs. So, you know, it's just those little things that, that turn the game uh, in Boise State's favor. But I also don't want to just change what they're doing just because. No, I get that. So it's like Boise had their timeout, minute left, like first pass complete, timeout Boise, incomplete pass, and then that sack, whatever it was, it go from to make it fourth and super long. And then also, it's look at the punt too. It wasn't a good punt either. They get the ball at midfield, just about. It wasn't a great punt either. Mm-hmm. Like I think well, if it's a 16-yard, they made it, what, 26-36, a 40-yard punt or something? It's yeah. not – it's whatever. It's a 40, well, and, and, 44. You know, and one of the other things, too, is that you know, Hawaii didn't really get the running game going until it was too late. Even then, it wasn't uh, as, as proficient as it had been down the stretch. You know, in that first half when Boise was up 17-3, to uh, you know, Hawaii only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. So they were able to keep, you know, Miles Reed, Dayton Peruta in check in a way that a lot of opponents down the stretch really hadn't. Well, they're getting it backfield, like those two TFLs. Wimpy had yeah. that one at the goal line. Weaver had a, t- a tackle and a half for loss. So it's like they had five for the game. And so they were getting to the backfield. Better. This is better than last game when they, I believe they had zero sacks in the first time around for Boise's defense. Yeah, zero sacks, two TFLs. So they, I think they definitely got the upper hand this time around, the, the Boise defensive front. was Could there have been a way, had a few, a few plays here that changed where Hawaii could have won? I think, well, I mean, it's hard to say that it would it would have made them win the game, but it definitely would have changed the dynamic of how things went. Well, you know, because it's a it's different when you know Boise State's taking over with a lead versus you know when yeah. they're if if Hawaii is able to turn that one yard into six points mm-hmm. um, on on or if they're able to turn that fourth and goal with a five into six points or something like that to be able to stay in the game. You know, maybe if they don't give up a touchdown right before halftime and they go down seven points or something like that. So, yeah, you can see junctures in this game where if if the Warriors wouldn't have won, it would have unfolded a lot differently than it did. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, say they scored the touchdown, that's four more points. The one in the first court, first half. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's no points end of the half. That's basically a 11-point swing right there. If they – like, I, I, I could really see a way, maybe, like – First, I'm not. I don't stretch it here, but like, there's ways. Like, like it was a 31-10 game, but it was the first half was very, very competitive. It was a lot closer than 31. Yeah, it was not like last time where I think the difference was about the same, but it was closer because let's just like you play hypothetical if everything goes perfect, which we're getting at. Hawaii almost has to play perfect to win this one. So say they get the Cole McDonald sneaks in, they're up 10 to three, and so let's say let's still say the interception touchdown happens because not give everything for Hawaii, so Mm. it's 10 to 10. But say there's no score at the end of the half, it's just 10 to 10. 
Hawaii gets a touchdown to start the second half, 17 to 10. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, 17 to 10 for Hawaii. And if there's no fumble and give Boise 10 yard field, that's, you know what I mean? It's a 17 10 game and they score. And then if everything stays the same, it's a tight game. Yeah. Like there, a lot has to go Hawaii's way, but the, it wasn't the Boise run out to a 21 lead, then just kind of sitting on it. Or exactly. It's so there's chances where a couple of things here and there, it could have been a much closer game. Still thought Boise probably would pull it out somewhere or another, but a couple of things like just, just, just those three plays. You think about it that first half, the, the one that was a, uh, no points right there. The the fumble that gave Boise 10 yards to score in the first half or the first drive of the second half. That's base. That's a 21 point swing, like I said. Or, yeah. yeah. And so it's like those three plays right there essentially could have turned the game much more differently. Or even, let's just say, Hawaii kicked field goals there. Let's say it's 16 points. Maybe something a little different happened besides that as well. You never know. But they, they're just not there. That's all there is to it. Like the running game, like I said, came on late. Defense did fine, but they still had Jalen Henderson complete two-thirds of his passes mm. and that's it Boise wins their first ever mountains title going undefeated in league play 12 and one and Vegas Bowl which is uh good for them Vegas yeah sure yeah I mean they, they, everybody seems to be okay with it if they aren't exactly overwhelmed by it yeah uh should we get to that point right now where we're overwhelmed or underwhelmed by the playoff rankings that mean nothing and or a joke I, I guess we I guess it would be a uh, disingenuous if we did not talk about that so i may do another piece later this week or maybe early because i kind of I, I was doing the playoff ranking like i was doing the quick post just because well, here's the final rankings people want to know that stuff air force does not get in but look at their like tweets you put out there like other people from like out of statesman or like other people just from athletic putting stuff out there about like how oh, the rankings this that it's like they literally mean nothing for these teams like I've been a guy where it's like, well, no, keep it together. We don't need because remember Northern Illinois AD a couple years ago. Well, let's have a separate uh, a playoff or something for the group of five. Mm-hmm. I might actually be fine doing that because why does it matter? Why even? I even hinted in my article. Why even have these rankings overall? Why not have a, your own? Just pick a group of five team just because. Because there were every single power group of five champion with ten or one, like a or excuse me, ten wins or more. We're ranked behind a 93 Iowa team, 93 Michigan team. Okay, Michigan did get better. A 93 Auburn team, Auburn team who is good. So maybe I'll give one of those. But you're really telling me like App State 12 and one, who know, Boise State behind Minnesota. It's like they're they're bunched together because they only did it for drama. And then and then the fact of it, they didn't rank anybody up. Like the re, as soon as they knew Memphis won, there was no point for the move them up. The rankings didn't matter to them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this doesn't because had Boise had had it been Cincinnati and Boise, who knows? They would have made some movement. But Memphis beats a ranked team, they don't move up one, maybe two spots. Like at least like, above, how, how is that going to happen? Like seriously, ever? <laughs> how is how is how is Boise going to beat a nine win team in the conference championship and not move up at all? Or even Memphis beating a ranked team and not exactly. Moving up. And it's like you're telling me they're not better than Iowa. Like, I mean, how is Cincinnati going to lose that game and only move down one spot if apparently beating them is worth nothing? Or, well, the week before, moved up a spot. Like, moving so beat, down. beating the number 20 team in the country twice is worth one spot. That's what they're saying, yes. And remember, it's... Baylor moved up five spots after beating the number 24 Texas a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. It's, I, like, what do you do? It's like, why have these rankings? Why do they matter? Like, Oklahoma State's ranked? Virginia? Can Tell we talk about, about Virginia? Can we talk Virginia. about Virginia? Can we talk about the who's for a second? Do it. You go for it. 
they're not the 24th best team in the country. I am absolutely certain that if they met Air Force on a neutral field, Air Force would work them. They would lose to Hawaii easily. They would lose to San Diego State. Uh, so, th- <laughs> just in case you didn't watch the ACC championship game, they lost. I did not. Tell me what happened. I watched zero seconds of it. I they lost sixty-two to seventeen, and they dropped one spot from the from the penultimate rankings to the last rankings. And they're going to the Orange Bowl. What are we even doing? You know why they did that? You want to know why they're still ranked? Money. No. You want to know really why? Access. Closer. The Orange Bowl doesn't they, want Orange Bowl does not want to be embarrassed without with having a team not ranked in their bowl. This, this is this is worse than when that one time UConn went to the Fiesta Bowl. At least UConn had the decency to win their damn conference yeah. to show up at the title game. <laughs> they yes, they actually won. Yeah. They won their conference. This it's, is like this is embarrassing for everybody involved. Yeah. Like there's no like they should not be ranked. Like Oklahoma State should not be ranked, but we're talking about Virginia, like I'm I mean, feeling, there's there's a there's a better case for Oklahoma State to be ranked because yes. they played a they played a really tough schedule yeah, and they Baylor, do and Oklahoma. according to Sagarin, for instance, they do have two wins against the top thirty. Yeah. Um, but Virginia does not. Virginia is zero and two. Freaking Bronco Mendenhall gets his wish to finally go to a Big Ten bowl game. He's gonna get. Who are they playing? Is that Florida? I don't think they're they're playing Florida. Oh gosh, yeah. who's gonna watch that game? Nobody. Florida. I said, well, we know Brandon will watch the game, so. Oh, yes. We, we know one person <laughs> will watch the game. Like, seriously, like, how, okay, th- and this is not just a Mountain West thing. No. Right? How are you going to rank Virginia after getting boat raced like that on national television and not, like, SMU? SMU yeah. Or Air Force? Yeah. At least the coaches had the decent, AP had decency to not rank them. It's, it's so dumb, man. They... And Dabo complained, ah, we're the we're the only one number number one team ever to drop to three after going on the field. Like, well, Dabo can dry his tears with the nine million dollars he's making. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to he, hear from Dabo. He's the same guy. If they're getting paid, I'm not going to coach. I'm like, okay, we'll call your bluff in three years when when college kids can make money for hosting their own football clinic. It's like, come on, it's like, what is there? Like, we know, I know the reason why. Like, well, I don't know. It's like they didn't care. They didn't have to move those teams. There is no drama whatsoever for the playoff show, which is like six hours. I watched the first 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm out of here when I realized they put in the screen 3 p.m. Eastern, full bowl breakdown, I'm like, or New Year's 6, top 25. I'm like, why? Like, I, I do radio and stuff, so I, I get it. I work a little bit in TV. I know how those things work. There's nothing else going on. Well, no, there is stuff going on. I get the NFL going on when there's some pretty big games in the first win, early window today. And so I could see taking what they did was right the first 15 minutes – Talk about the weekend, even though they already knew. Releasing the top four. And then I would say, if you, if you want to be like strict about it, half hour. Talk to each coach for six minutes, commercial breaks, maybe 45 minutes. Then they could release the rest of it. That's You don't need to wait three more hours, right? No. And so I know it's a TV show. It's Once I saw that, I'm like, I'm out of here. I watched for 20 minutes. I'm like... It's like I'll check Twitter. I maybe I maybe tune in at one o'clock, which I did not mountain time. Like whatever, I did the post a bit later. But I'm like, what? It's it's a joke. Like what what do they need to do here? Because they don't care about those teams. Like there was, was when Memphis winning. Like screw it, we could put them wherever we want. It doesn't matter. And we don't. The only other thing they really cared about is the only the only t- honestly the only tough decision they had to make. Are they were they going to put Penn State or Utah in the Cotton Bowl? That's the only de- decision they had to make, and they went with Penn State. 
That's all that. You think that's all they had to do, right? It's the only decision that was made for them. This whole system is so stupid. I'm so what sorry. should we like? It, it is. It's like people are like, well, if you have a bigger playoff, they'll because I put a poll. I think it's still my pinned tweet on my account. I did it like Saturday morning. Because if you notice one thing, this is a bigger off-season conversation we have later, but we we, we need to go more than 20 minutes here, Matt, because that's what we do. We're not a short-winded podcast, as we like to no. say. So I put – I'm trying to pull up my Twitter here, like the actual – not tweet deck. But I put out a poll, like, if the playoff is expanded to whatever, 6, 8, 10, et cetera, here it is right here. If a conference title game were required to make a playoff, so, you know, not an invitational like it is now, an actual – you have to qualify for the playoff. Mm-hmm. I go four, six, eight, or more. Do you think teams are schedule tougher or softer in non-conference? What would you say? What's your vote? I'll add it here to the tally. I mean, I think like if you're guaranteed a spot to go to the playoff, whether you go zero and four, like didn't Minnesota last year go uh, lose every non-conference game and then almost make it to the title game in the Big Ten last season? They, yeah, I think so. Because didn't Fresno like beat them last year? Uh no no okay well there's some team I forget no Northwestern that's what it was it was Northwestern who actually made it to the they played Utah in the whatever some bowl game but they made it pretty far or the championship game or close to it whatever it was how would you vote like what would like if you knew a playoff spot was guaranteed if you win your conference as let's go as a fan Matt like if you're Fresno State okay they have a chance to win the Mountain West probably every couple years right they're usually in it mm-hmm. especially the past couple when they won it. Would you rather them play like this year? They played a pretty good schedule. They played USC, Minnesota. Uh, who else did they play? Uh, Sac State, Sacramento State, and so, New Mexico State. Okay. Would you want them like that's a pretty it's a solid non conference schedule? Would you want them to play tougher games if you knew of going to the playoff? If you'd win the Mountain West, or would you keep it as is? Would you schedule down? Don't try. Even if okay, well, what I'm saying, even if okay, why why would you say not try? Because I think that, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on Twitter, if not on the podcast before. Look at what Appalachian State did this year. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that if they hadn't lost to Georgia Southern, they would be going to the Cotton Bowl. Undefeated, wins over North Carolina, South Carolina. They were up big versus Louisiana. They kind of came back, but they were they're a good team this year. Like, as long as you beat two kind of meh, power five conference opponents and obliterate everybody that you're supposed to. To me, that just kind of seems like the path forward for anybody who wants to grab that spot at a minimum. And I know that I think it was Jason Kirk over at Banner Society mentioned this with, uh, with Oregon in particular, Mm -hmm. because everybody was talking about, well, if they hadn't scheduled Auburn, uh, if they had scheduled somebody if Eastern Washington not quite as tough. Yeah. Even that, if they scheduled Eastern Washington, they would be in the playoff right now over Oklahoma. They'd be in the playoff over. Yeah. So, so no. like, that's kind of the, the, well, my point be, but just never try. Well, I get it. But and, like, but if you win your conference, they win their conference. They're mm-hmm. in the playoff, even despite losing to Auburn. That's my uh-huh. point. You know, you see, I'm getting at like, if you are going to playoff and you schedule, let's say, or Oregon's going to schedule tough. They've already said we got four, they got Ohio state home and home. So like, if they go out and play Ohio state, uh, Fresno State, uh, just you I mean it's like not they don't have to play the t- everybody's top ten, but let's say they play, let's say Oregon's played Boise State before. What if they play Boise State, Ohio State, um, just say Central Michigan for the heck of it, and they want to play um, whoever New Mexico State or something? You know what I mean? Or n- not New Mexico State, but let's say Utah State, somebody above average, like a a fringe top twenty five teams, like two top fifteen teams, 
and you go one think, and three. I just don't think it incentivizes you to do any more than the bare minimum. But if you and go one and three and win the conference, you're still in at nine and three or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think because teams are scheduling tougher. If you look down the road, like twenty twenty seven, teams are scheduling up. Like there's a lot of bigger games coming down the pipeline. Like Florida's decided to come out and play Utah on a home and home. I think they're working on a USC home and home. They're actually traveling west, about outside of the panhandle of the play teams in non league play. So I'm wondering if they think something's going to happen. But I think if you have a conference champ, which which would eliminate a lot of this stuff. Like my main goal is to say, well, give me six, give me eight. No. I want 16 teams. I want every team to have a chance if you win the conference. See, I've always wondered why they don't just do an NFL-style 12-team playoff. Or that, yeah. I, I just want every or, – well, even that, like, I, we, we know why. They want bigger names in there because who wants half the league to be App State, Boise, Memphis, you know what I mean, like, why, or and Florida Atlantic. They are want we, are we trying to give everybody a chance or are we trying to give people lip service? Because that's kind of what they're doing right now. Well, I know they are, but if it – so is your 12 team every – is it still 10 autos and two uh... – 10 conference champions, okay. two at large. I could I could do with that. I'd go with that or 16 because I think for being realistic a little bit, there's probably a few more teams that could win it, which sounds dumb. We're like, oh, we're going to argue over four and five or eight, nine or whatever. But if there's only two at large teams, that's – I would like more football like you would too. But if it, if it, if you were to if you were to tell me which one you'd rather have, I'd rather sixteen. But it's like you get this or that. I'm like, fine, pick. I don't care. Because we who doesn't like honestly March Madness? Who doesn't like Valparaiso winning that first game? Bryce Drew. Who doesn't like to see George Mason in the Final Four? Butler on a half court heave. Gordon Hayward nearly beats Duke to win the national title. Who doesn't like that stuff? Besides Bill Hancock, <laughs> people and, with no sense of fun. Oh, you know who else? The guys who run one bowl game a year and make like $300,000. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, Those guys who run the Orange Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Rose Bowl, because, you know, it's a snooty Rose Bowl. But are you telling me the Orange Bowl's happy, though, with Virginia playing Florida? They're raking in the cash. I don't think anybody on that end cares. Yeah, because the ticket allotment, schools are screwed out of it, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what the Mountain West could do in the meantime? Promote a conference? They could go to pods. Well, how would that solve everything? Because you'd be guaranteed one versus two. Okay. For the uh, consider it, consider it like this: like, yes, Hawaii is was a good team this year, has been a good team this year. Are they the second best team in the Mountain West, though? Air Force. Yeah. Oh, without doubt, yes. Our poll was unanimous: number two, Air Force. So, and that's so that's what I'm saying. Like, if Boise had been able to get a rematch with Air Force instead. Would yeah. that have helped their cause overall? You know, in, no, in, because no, because playoff didn't rank Air Force, so no. I don't know. I don't know. This is so stupid. I'm I just d- saying the conference needs to be forward thinking, and they need to be more aggressive about promoting themselves. You're right. You no, know I've been kind of a backer of Craig Thompson, or just saying it's not that bad for a while. It's mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where it's that bad because. We saw stuff on Twitter. You probably you, me, and others, kind of our feed venting about stuff. Like you saw what Dave Southworth already chatted with him. He always says, "Well, also, first of all, if you go back to what was it? Um, I think it's Chris Vanini's piece about the playoff push or the New Year's Six push this week for the Cotton Bowl, and you got a Resco in there, and he talked with Craig Thompson and the uh, Sunbelt Commissioner. I mistakenly said it was Carl Benson. That's a former one, but Thompson's like, well, our metrics speak for ourselves. But guess what? People don't care about that. People aren't watching your games when they're super late at night, which is just a geographical disadvantage which yeah you want more games middle of the day if you'd like to but you gotta fill the spot night games it happens right but 
because remember even last year at Media Day, we somebody asked him directly, and there I made that video. There's an awkward pause where Bob Davy jumped in and said some mumble jumble about it. About not as, it wasn't towards Craig Thompson who was there, but the coach just somebody asked like, "What do you guys to do to promote the league?" Because whatever you think of Mike Oresco, he promotes his brand extremely well, even if it's garbage, saying two lost champs should be in no matter what, and we're this much better than the other te- group of five teams. Slightly better, not much, but Craig, you don't need to go full Oresco, but do something close to it, right? You, no, you, know say- what I, you know what I want? I want someone who will point out how stupid it is that teams like Nebraska keep getting ranked in the preseason. Yeah. Like, do you like? Do you remember yes! where State started in the preseason in the AP poll? Were they 22 or something? No, they were 33rd. Oh, in AP poll? They what? were also receiving votes. I want a commissioner that's going to point out how stupid that is. Considering that the year before they won what eleven games, what, what do you mean? You mean lost? Not Boise won. State. Oh, Boise. Sorry, I thought you said uh, Nebraska. What do you? What do yeah, you think? I want to. I want a commissioner that points out how dumb it is that we annually keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. That they keep pushing narratives like UCF versus everybody because yeah. that's the narrative we came into the season with this yeah. year. They were they the were, only team in the and they were the only team in the group of five that was ranked seventeen. Look at it right now, seventeen. Do you want me I to tell want... you? Hey, hold on. Let me tell you. Hold on. Wait, real quick. You're wrong. Nebraska was ranked this year. What, that's mean? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I oh. want a commissioner that's going to point out how stupid that is. Do you want me to tell you? Who and, you... I, and I want someone who's going to be relentless about about promoting their best teams. Not only Boise State in this instance, but also Air Force they... and whoever else happens to pop up from from month to month or from year to year. Why doesn't Craig Thompson say like the Twitter feed for Mountain West? Whoever does that does a pretty good job with everything. Why doesn't he just even just repeat those at minimum? I don't know. Here's here's who, if you really quick I know this could be a fun show later but let me tell you right now Matt eight here's eighteen to twenty five in the uh, in the which poll is this preseason AP top twenty five and I'm I'm gonna see if I can pull up if these teams are bowl teams or not so bear with me momentarily but number eighteen Michigan State six and six Wisconsin nineteen very good team moved up Iowa number twenty finished about what they were Iowa State reasonably close in the area so those aren't those three, those two aren't bad. Wisconsin underrated clearly. Syracuse, number preseason twenty-two, fell off five and seven, and because they, you know why they're that close, they almost beat Clemson last year. Yeah, well, no, they, they were pretty good last year, but they yeah. they lost a lot. They're kind of in the same boat as like a Fresno State, for instance. Washington State twenty-three finished six and six, twenty-four, Nebraska Cornhuskers, mm-hmm. who finished what were they four and eight? Yes. Not good. Oh no! No, actually, five and seven. Oh, you're, they beat Maryland, which that's really four and eight. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we need and someone to also point out how stupid it is that Maryland got ranked after going two and zero. We told you, don't trust Mike Loxley. There you go. There's anyway, continue. Yeah, you there's forgot, just, you forgot about Stanford at twenty. Oh yeah, Stanford is at twenty five. Maryland finished three and nine. You know what? How they got ranked? Beat Howard and Syracuse. And Doesn't Rutgers. make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. They yeah. It, it, so what is there a solution? Like what would you? I know we kind of bounced around the conference. Craig Thompson, whatever, be more vocal. It's like they need to be more vocal about setting the narrative up way ahead of time. Yeah, in the off season because and this is like I said, this is not a problem that's exclusive to the Mountain West. Yeah. Every single year we have like three, four, five, six teams from the group of five that are ranked at the very end of the season, and then everybody seems to forget that by the time August rolls around and you end up with one team. You're lucky if you get two teams. Yeah, this year we have Memphis, Boise, App State, Cincy, 
Navy. That's what five. In the this is a playoff bowl. I'm saying. Yeah. Six. If you look at the uh, Air Force swapping out for Virginia, so five to six, which is isn't that kind of the norm, right? Yeah. That for the last five six years, that's yeah, it's somewhere between three and six. This seems like an off season piece. We'll do it later on. Like last end of last year, really quick. 2018, you had UCF 11. You had one UCF Fresno. 18, Army 19, Utah State 22, Boise 23, Cincy, Cincy 24. So if we're to look super ahead, just for fun, next year, who do you – like, I know we don't have rosters or anything in front of us. If they're going to rank one team, who would it be from the group of five? Because that's probably what it will be, one, maybe two. Probably Boise. More so than Memphis or Cincinnati? I mean – if we think about it in terms of like narratives they used from the past, I don't know if they're going to give Memphis the benefit of the doubt because they're losing their head coach to Florida State. Conversely, I would not be surprised at all if the Seminoles are ranked like 22nd in August. <laughs> I would not be surprised if Tennessee is ranked in August. I would not be surprised hey. if like two or three other undeserving Power 5 teams are ranked somewhere in the 20s instead of a team that won 10 games this year like SMU or Air Force. I will say Tennessee turned around strong, so they are – not like a middling six and six or four and 18 people are going to rank. I don't know who's coming back on their team, but like it's, I, I get your point. It's always Tennessee forever. Um, if we're going by name brand, probably Boise state, but isn't Donald Hammond a junior? I believe so. Why wouldn't air force be the only team ranked next year? Them and Boise state air force brings back Donald Hammond. Let me pull up the roster. Don't they also bring back most of the running backs as well? I think I don't have the roster in front of me. We'll need so to look at that, you. but if you're picking one, you'd go with Boise state. All I'm saying is, like, we need we need a commissioner. Maybe we just need a united front of commissioners, Oresco and Thompson and, and whoever the other three commissioners are whose names escape me. Sorry, somebody has a new to guy. Just, yeah. To just yeah. start thumping their chest about, like, this is what we're doing year in and year out. So give us a little bit of respect for once. Because getting the playoff will be extremely difficult as it currently stands. But, like, you're telling me, like, I know Memphis defense wasn't great. They didn't put up a ton of points for Cincy. But, like, there's teams above there that – they're competitive. Like, look, look who San Jose State went to Arkansas. I'm like, I don't care who it is, but neither San Jose State's been pretty bad. And they go on the road to beat Arkansas. They beat who was it? Nevada beat Missouri when they and they actually played pretty good. You had Wyoming beat uh, who did Wyoming beat Week One? Vanderbilt, Wake Forest. No, it's Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Who did Nevada beat? Purdue. Yeah, right. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. So it's like I know there's a middling, not not the best. <coughs> excuse me, the best teams out there, but there's still beating teams where. Heck, if Purdue finished strong, they'd be ranked because you got Jeff Brom there as their head coach still. Do we just need to be that voice and just say, hey, give it to... I mean, mean, we already are, I think, in a lot of respects. I don't know. Look, really quick, I'm checking Air Force roster really quick. They bring back Timothy Jackson, Kade Remsburg, Donald Hammond. Um, Tavon Burdo is a senior. Lose him. But they'll bring back three, their top three rushers on their team. Three of their four, top four. And fourth is Donald Hammond. And it's like they bring back those type of guys. They also bring back, let's see, really cool. Well, Jay, there's a couple receivers. But when you bring back that much experience, it's like, come on. I don't know. It's like, I don't know who would be ranked. We'll do that later. But it's it's a disservice to teams where it's like, if you're picking darts or throwing darts, not picking darts, but you know what I mean, blindly picking why not go with what's been the case the past five, at least five years, just kind of gl- curiously glancing at ranking Cincinnati, Navy, Army, BYU, perhaps. You know what I mean? Like, why not put Florida Atlantic in there? Like, they got seven votes in AP Top 25 today. Seven points, I should say. Yeah. Do Too you- long didn't listen. 
the messaging is not fine. No, it's it's terrible. It's like I remember this. I'll we'll wrap up and kind of move on to our, our topic real quick. The Big Ten. I, I forgot where I read this, but uh, the Big Ten now has rights to Fox. Right, their games are on Fox. Some of them. Yeah, I think so. So when you t- but before they had Fox, some of their games they they had a new deal with the Pac-12. We get the rewind music back to when Jim Harbaugh was the head coach, first hired head coach of Michigan. Mm. They played University of Utah week one. I remember that game, pretty big deal. Michigan's come to town. That's you're in the Pac-12. It's a, it's a pretty good home opponent. So after your once you kind of schedule after being the Pac-12 and you know there's decades ahead schedules out there. Big, it was on FS1 Friday night game. This isn't just exclusively to the game, but you could see how marketing works. I know it's a TV side. That year, the the Fox, Fox Sports, FS1, whatever they're putting games on, Fox Properties, zero Big Ten games as the primary rights holder. Do you remember the Harbaugh bus? Vaguely. I, the khaki, looks like super khaki and polo, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh wears, put on a huge RV around the summer because their, the home opener on Fox featured Michigan, but is at Utah, and the Pac-12 owns the rights to that game. Ah, uh, and so Mountain West, you get just do something outlandish like that. Craig Mike Oresco is already being a jerky, jerky liar face about what he says is true or not. <laughs> just saying, yeah. Just do something, and I th- I do think it's time to get a new commissioner. He's been there for twenty plus years. He's done a lot of really good things, and then his saying, "Well, the BCS era, where we get all these times in." I'm like, yeah, but. When it's really mattered, like the past couple of years, they've done good things like getting Utah into the BCS, huge deal. Almost sued the conference. They're a really good league. There's nothing he could have done. Nobody could convince me anything, nothing they could have done to keep Utah or TCU in the conference. Zero. Mm-hmm. There, there could have been misstep, uh, better things done here. There, Boise earlier, or you know, the BCS actually following their own rules and saying the Mountain West should have been a power conference back in the day, even though they're ahead of most metrics that they said were true but weren't really true. The TV thing, that's a huge deal. The Mountain Network, even though it failed, it was a sparked what we have now, Big Ten Network, SEC, all that great stuff, which means more college sports for us to like it and fewer pay-per-view games where you're paying that stupid ESPN ticket package, whatever it is, the full court, whatever the football version is. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Game Pass thing, whatever it may be. But they need somebody else because you just need somebody to come and be not – just be hype, man. Get somebody from the WWE to do it. Come on, right? Somebody will point out how stupid it is that Virginia lost by 50 and didn't drop at all. Yeah. The playoff committee needs to answer for that, and they won't. They don't have to. I'm, I'm going to be mad about this for a while. Um, I don't even have any direct stake in this, and I'm mad about this. Wait, wait, hold on. Did they drop one spot or two or zero spots? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I, sorry, the, fact I had, the, I, the fact that they are still oh, I know, I get that. is the entire point. I was, sorry, I was going through rankings the past couple of years to go my point before. I'm like, wait, did they not move down? I don't remember. Mine the right year, but. They dropped one spot. One behind, spot. Behind Navy. <sighs> Should we talk some bull stuff for a moment here? On a happier note. Seven bull teams? Woohoo. Pretty good slate overall, if I do say so. I would say we're going to power rank the bowl games like they always do and stuff like that, but I would say number one bowl game has to be Boise-Washington, right? I don't know if I would agree with that. For storylines and match, not necessarily the game, but what's going on. What do you think is the best bowl game then, like the best matchup? 
I mean, I think that they are all pretty intriguing in their own ways. Would it, would it help to just kind of go through them chronologically? Yeah, we also have the Mac vs. Mountain West Showdown 2 coming up. That's true. <laughs> Starting with uh, on December 20th, Utah State versus Kent State. Why is that a Friday night bowl game? Is that the very first bowl game? I don't know. Because usually Actually, it's let been... me let me look this up real quick. Because usually it's no, been... there's a there's the uh, Bahamas Bowl uh, earlier that day, noon Mountain Time. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, do you like that matchup, Kent State Utah State? I mean, I think I mean it's always kind of cool when you see a team that has that is improving after a long down period, which is really what you get from Kent State. Mm-hmm. You know, in Sean Lewis's second year, they jumped from two and ten to six and six. They were in that great uh, egalitarian mass that they call the Mid-American Conference. <laughs> um, but this is their first bowl game since 2012 when they were actually ranked for a short time, if you remember that. Good for them. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of it's, it's it'll be a nice challenge. Obviously, we got to look closer into what they actually bring to the table because I have not watched Kent State at all this year. Same. Uh, we'll have to learn as much as we can about them in the next week or so. But it, it'll, I think it'll be a good test for the Aggies. Oh, it definitely will be. Um, let's just go in order real quick. We'll kind of chat with them. Next game, we have our Saturday. Only two games. Typically, we have like three to four of those days. Mm-hmm. But December 21st, Saturday, we have the – This is. I was about to say the wrong sponsor, so I'm not going to say it. ESPN is not that's, up be, that's because there is no sponsor. Well, it's actually on ESPN's homepage or schedule page. It still mentions the fraudulent company. Oh, yeah. So it's the New Mexico Bowl. Central Michigan eight and five and Chippewa is usually pretty good. They, they're they were they in the MAC title game I believe right? They were in the MAC. They're they, the MAC runners up. They lost to uh, Ohio, Miami of Ohio twenty six twenty one. They crushed Toledo, Ball State, NIU. Like they could score a lot of points. Like they've been I think where they average almost forty points a game. Yeah, and I think that you know the last time I think we talked about them directly on the podcast was in the Potato Bowl a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they played Wyoming. Yeah, they they turned the ball over like eight times and lost that game. But if you hadn't paid attention to the chips since then, you may have missed that last year they really bottomed out. You know, they were one and eleven last year. They fired John Bonamago. They brought in Jim McElwain. Oh yeah, McElwain. And he the engineered he engineered one of the team one of the country's biggest turnarounds. They went eight and four, won the Mac West. Nearly they were a hail mary away from winning that game, and. You know, this is a team that not that long ago has been a pretty steady bowl presence. They had four uh, bowls in a row before dropping to one and eleven last year. So again, um, we kind of know what San Diego State's going to bring to the table. But you know, Central Michigan's got a pretty good offense, and it should be a very nice contrast to styles at a minimum. Did you know exactly? Did you know in the uh, MAC title game, he went for a fake punt on his own nineteen yard line? I, I admire that. <laughs> also, there are rumors of him coaching elsewhere. He said as of a couple hours ago, as we're doing this Sunday night, he absolutely will coach Central Michigan in the bowl game. There you go. Because he's not at a new job, is he? There was small murmurs of him going back to CSU. Something like that, yeah. I'm actually happening. So nothing, nothing firm at the moment. But remember last time we thought there was a high-scoring offense versus defense? Was it two years ago when – was it Eastern Michigan who just ran rub shot over at San Diego State? No, that was a one score game. It was? What, what because, of course, the, the Aztecs don't play anything but like seven to ten point margin. I thought there's a game they played and they got smoked a couple years ago in a bowl game. Well, I mean, unless you're referring to the Army game. Maybe that's, oh yeah, the Army Bowl. Was that last year? 
No, that was a couple of years ago, but even yeah. then, that was a three-point game. Okay, I, I'll have to look up. I'm, maybe my mind's mistaken. That's, that's all they ever do down in San Diego. That's true. I apologize. That's the case <laughs> you got blown out. Um, all right, real quick. Boise-Washington, clearly, this is the best matchup they could ask for because had Utah got in the Cotton Bowl, they'd have played some 6-6 six and six Cal team, which going up against Justin Wilcox, former D.C., just not the same as going up against Coach Pete in his final game. Well, you're not interested in the potential Tim DeRuta revenge game? Oh, <laughs> it, oh man! You I'm think, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nobody's interested in that. It'd be interesting if he becomes UNLV's head coach. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> but that'll be a good game. It's also moved evening too. Do you remember that it's been like a noon, kind of early afternoon kick in Vegas? It'll be. Yeah, I was. I was there last year actually. You were. It'll actually be a 4:30 local kick, and this is be. I'm assuming the last big time football game at Sam Boyd Stadium. I would imagine so. Yes. And. The final Mountain West team to play in the Vegas Bowl because they're getting a boot for a Pac-12 SEC matchup next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then we got Hawaii. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the Hawaii Bowl, BYU yeah. versus the uh, hometown Warriors. Worst kept secret ever. However, I did notice yesterday somebody mentioned that had Hawaii won, they would have m- might have put them in the Vegas Bowl. That wouldn't have surprised me. It would have or not? It would not have. I thought it would have. You get why. This matchup, why BYU, like, as for historical and all sorts of stuff, like, that could be the biggest brand name matchup almost this week that, for bowl season, just because, I guess people at West who remember when they played for every year. and Plus, uh, plus you're burying the lead. What do you got? What is it? It's back on Christmas Eve, baby. Yeah, Christmas just Eve. Duck out, avoid your family for a few hours, and, and tune in to uh, to see whether Hawaii can uh, get that elusive 10th win or whether BYU can complete. Uh, well, no, they can't complete the sweep because San Diego State beat them a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Disregard. Yeah. Well, I want to see how many if BYU can score some points. There you go. <laughs> because uh, just there's still talk about, well, who's going to be quarterback? Who's not going to be quarterback? And so I I would, like, really quick in that game, I would not be surprised if Hawaii were to. I know, I know they played last year, BYU beat them, but the way they played against San Diego State. It'd be a shootout, but I wouldn't be surprised if Flyer to win this one, like by two touchdowns or more. I guess we'll find out. Actually, you know what my favorite game is? I keep saying this is my favorite game because they're all pretty good, like you said, Matt. My favorite of them all is the Cheez-It Bowl. Let's go. Air Force versus Washington State, baby. <laughs> at least we can at least we can promise America that there won't be like 14 interceptions again. Was that last year's game? That was. The TCU. TCU and Cal. And like overtime game? Yes. That was ridiculous. Very interesting contrast of styles here as well. Of yep. course, you get the, the triple option versus the air raid. On a baseball field, too. <laughs> On a baseball field. Um, Washington's kind of been kind of a mess down the stretch. They didn't look good in the Apple Cup. Haven't really looked the same since losing that big lead to UCLA back, was it mid-October? That was week four. <laughs> yeah. Um but, you know, they can still put up points when they need to. So That must be uh, Oregon, so good for them. Yeah, so it should be a pretty good matchup all around. It'll be a fun one. Like, just just because watching the contrasting styles this game, uh, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be a fun one just because that's... Well, and, and here's the other thing, too. Air Force fans are hyped about this game. They've been, yes, they've been... They're, they've so, been beating the drum about the cheese bowl for a while now. That'd be, that could have been the biggest upset if they not got on the cheese bowl. Yeah. I was thinking for a moment they might go to a different bowl game, but I'm like, no, they're... They're a ranked team. That's like the best bowl option. It's a better payout too, just because it's the Ultron Bowl. Because not a Big Ten teams because of what they got in the New Year Six. All right, final game. Fast, going all the way. We're already past Christmas. We're past New Year's. Friday, January third, one thirty Mountain Time. Wait, wait, wait! You forgot one though. No, I did it. 
You forgot the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Why is it not showing up on my list here? Featuring the Wyoming Cowboys versus the Georgia State Panthers. ESPN failed me. I'm actually scrolling up and down. It's not listed on here for Mountain West Bowl games. Really? Yeah. I'm just looking at your post you put up. Oh, no, no, no. That, no, I know. No, that's fair. I, I just went there. I wanted to have it up for other reasons. Yeah, like I got Scoreboard from four. So, come on. Give me a break. But it's so, not listed there. Sorry. So, who is Wyoming playing again in, there, in the Arizona Bowl? That would be the Sun Belt's Georgia State Panthers, who, you know, another team after a down year last year, um, bounced back to seven and five. So they aren't uh, maybe not on the same level as like an App State or Louisiana Lafayette, but they had themselves a pretty good year. You may remember that they upset Tennessee way back in September. When they were garbage. (laughs) Yeah, back when Tennessee was garbage, even though they probably still are. They're just okay now. I'll give them okay. Garbage to okay. (laughs) But, you know, they were, you know, in the mix. They showed out pretty well in Sunbelt play. And, you know, one of the first details that I think we can share, I think it was uh, 7220 Sports, our friends out there, had mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, both Tyler Vanderbilt and Levi Williams are going to see some playing time in the bowl game. So we'll have that to look forward to. So no to. Sean Chambers? Probably not. No. Okay, that makes sense. So is this the, uh, since we're doing our on-the-cuff research, is this the triple option team from Georgia? No, that is Georgia Southern. This is the other team. Okay. Just, the team that plays in Atlanta. Gotcha. Okay. All right. This game's also, it's a New Year's Eve CBS Sports Network game. So, yeah. And now we can jump ahead to January 3rd. I but, can't believe we have to, I can't believe we have to wait that long to, to once again meet up with Spuddy Buddy. I know. The mascot that everybody loves to love and make fun of. Um, speaking of, okay. Speaking of bowl games and who's going to be early ranked next year, who shouldn't be. The day before the Gator Bowl, Tennessee versus Indiana. <laughs> that winner's going to get top 25 consideration next year. <laughs> there you go. But this game, Nevada, Ohio, the final game of the Mac Mountain West Challenge, which do that every year. Why not have it every year, right? I don't see why not. There's enough teams. It could play. Uh, we won't. Sorry, guys. We won't play Tuesday or Wednesday, but non-conference play. We play Friday, Saturday. We're good with that. So it's it's afternoon game. I just hope there's no ice rink because when that happens, it's just bad football to watch when they're sliding around doing their thing. But Ohio, they better be able to score some points because Nevada is going to score some points as well because it's going to be, I think, lots of points maybe. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you obviously we know the, the Wolfpacker, they've been a little uh, wildly uneven, I guess if you want to put it that way. Yeah, they either play really close games or they play Oregon. They get they get blown out. <laughs> um, but I mean, and then on the other side, Ohio might have been a, you know a little bit disappointing this year. I know that they were on the short list of MAC contenders going into the preseason, uh, and some of their season really is defined by you know sh- uh, maybe I guess a little bit of bad luck in close games because they lost by three to Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. They lost by three to eventual MAC champion Miami of Ohio. They lost by three to Northern Illinois. Lost by two to Marshall. So, you know, one or two of those games go differently. And I think that maybe out there in Athens, they're feeling a little bit differently about ending up in Boise. But they've still got a lot of talent, especially in the offensive side of the ball. You may remember that from last year's Frisco Bowl where they dominated San Diego State. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of those same guys are back, so we'll definitely have to dive in and see how things have unfolded for them this year. All right, so that's sort of what we're doing here. That's our show for the most part. We have one last little bit here. I'm guessing what we'll do, Matt, we'll, we'll convene with the schedule because we live and die by the bowl game, kick times for us to know mm-hmm. what we're doing. So I'm guessing we will have 
because our first bowl game is December 20th, right? So we have two weeks. Yes. Or basically 13 days. So maybe I'm thinking, we'll discuss off air, but maybe we'll have just a random podcast in the middle of the week just for the heck of it. And then we'll go back to our kind of typical preview schedule where we do like th- two to four days ahead of time for the bowl games. Kind of uh, look for that type of schedule. So whenever we'll, let's follow us on Twitter, MWC Wire. You'll know when we have these podcasts out. Check our feed. It'll all be there. But think if that's kind of the case, it'll be where it's a couple days before your bowl team. We'll get a podcast out on that. We'll recap them whenever we can afterwards. But I think maybe, you know, it might be a good one, Matt. We could, I actually posted our win-loss rankings. Maybe we'll come back and talk about our worst calls of the year or something. That's why Sounds I like a plan. But what, before we go, what's your thoughts on Jeff Tedford? How does, what's up with that? Surprising. Surprising. I mean, I think this is the one kind of word that encapsulates the reaction around here. Uh, including my own like it, it obviously this isn't something that uh, hasn't existed before because he had a similar kind of health issue that forced him to step down from a job with the tampa bay buccaneers back in 2014 um so you know on the one hand it, it definitely kind of makes you feel like the job is kind of half done but i don't think that there's any doubt he's even after the down year that the bulldogs had this season that they aren't a lot closer to being more sustainably competitive than anybody might have expected when he got hired three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's done extremely well. Like, what is uh, what are they looking at? Because there's that small rumor he could go to CSU, mm-hmm. which clearly is not going to happen. No, like, he's retiring. Yeah, I, I know. No, I know it's the case. But like, who? Like, I with the game yesterday being busy, I haven't checked. Like, I look at football scoop and other places. Like, who's doing what on the coaching front? Have there been any names that have been popped up for this for this gig? The one big name that has been brought up that was brought up almost immediately uh, by Kiffin? both. <laughs> no, well, Lane Kiffin I think is already out of yeah, this anyway. He, he so, is, yes. um, no, it's actually Kalen DeBoer. The oh, that's right. Former the former offensive OC. coordinator jumped to Indiana, got uh, got the Hoosiers up to eight wins in a, in a bowl game. Obviously, we don't know if they're going to end up just giving him a pay raise because they gave their head coach, Tom Allen, a pay raise to, mm-hmm. to keep him there. Yeah. Or whether – yeah, it's kind of hard to say because Fresno State's financial situation overall is a little bit dicey. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult to say, at least from my perspective, whether or not they're going to be able to back up the Brinks truck for the next guy in the same one that they did for Ted Bird. Wasn't Ted for mostly bonus though? No, I mean, he, I mean, he was fourth in base salary, but okay. that base salary was still like one point six million dollars. So it's anybody's guess as to whether they're going to be able to double down and do that again. Um, I would well, assume you, that if they could get to Boer for a little bit cheaper than that, uh, everybody would be happy. Well, you think if they already had it in the budget to pay him because he's retiring, there's no buyout. You're not paying him rest of the contract. So theoretically, they could pay the next coach exactly the same as Tedford. Mm-hmm. And so. But it, but again, it's a it's a question of whether they actually want to. Do yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. True. But I'm just saying, like I'm saying, if they want to coach and they know we can pay this much, whether they want him or can get him for less, which they probably could. But it's just uh, it's just a decent amount of number to look at. Where if they planned on paying it, they apparently have that money somewhere. Yeah, I mean, DeBoer currently makes eight hundred thousand dollars a year. So, yeah, one point four would be f- acceptable. Even maybe one point one. I think you had to get him to at least a million to move. Yeah, and I mean, at least as far as the uh, the the big names that have popped up, Arbor Kawada had an article about this in the Fresno Bee a couple days ago. 
you know, some of the names that he came up with or some of the names that have been attached or, or have been brought up in discussions about other openings in the Mountain West. So Troy Taylor's name is on that list, Sacramento State head coach. Um, Jim McElwain, who we talked about a little bit ago. Uh, Tim Skipper, the UNLV defensive coordinator. His name is in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Hall, who I, he's, uh, I forget his exact position at Oregon State, but he's very well regarded as a recruiter. His name's out there. Honestly, I think that they'll probably want to find someone pretty quickly to try and keep the, the recruiting class together. Because one thing we didn't really mention early is that the, the early signing day is very soon. It's right. like 10, 10 days away, right? Basically, legit signing period now. <laughs> yeah. I. That would make sense because he was on staff. He was on staff before, like so. We know some of these guys, anyways. Even maybe yeah. some of the recruits are looking at. Had they, like, he's only been to Indiana. What's his what year two for him? Uh, no, year one. Okay, so probably a good chunk of the recruits that are looking at Fresno know who he is, and he knows who they are. I would imagine so. so yeah. Okay, I found it. We're gonna wrap up here real quick. I found a funny Twitter thing. Um, San Diego State fans are. Can we just say they're full of themselves sometimes? Is that fair How to say? How so? How so? Okay, so. What bowl games Air Force? Okay, we already said earlier. Who's the definitive number two team in the conference? Air Force. So you're telling me it's not San Diego State, right? I would put San Diego State pretty solidly at number three. Okay, maybe four of them in Hawaii. They Hawaii beat them, so maybe Hawaii. That's maybe, true. Yeah, maybe. So clearly, but my point is clear, clearly not the number two, right? Mm-hmm. So Mark Ziegler at the basketball game tonight. They played uh, whatever. They announced, hey, here's who they're playing. They're going next to the New Mexico Bowl. This is not Ziegler. It's a response we're getting to. Silence. Dead silence because who they're pl- what they're playing. It's like, okay, that's technically the number two Mountain West Bowl game. So some random dude replies and also tags the show because they do their thing. Because Craig Thompson is a horrible commissioner and allows Air Force to get a closed-door deal done and steal the Aztecs' bid to the cheese bowl Absolutely horrible. Um, How about you win more games, right? I mean, you know, maybe you can show up against a MAC team first. Yeah, and maybe... A- be the Weber State team just, as well. Just, than just try and show up in the bowl game first, and then maybe we'll talk. A good reply. Yeah, you got to get back to that 2016 form. Let's put yeah. it that way. Like, yeah, it's like, and also, it wasn't a closed door deal. Cheese at Bowl has the option when there's not a Big Ten team to figure out who they want. They want the best bowl for them. And clearly, yeah, I mean, the, the only swap that was made was the Frisco Bowl for the Armed Forces Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Who was who in the Armed Forces Bowl? Do you have that? Uh, Bamp for a second. I can look that I'm up. I'm trying to think. I wanted to say Army, but it's not Army. But just because uh, they didn't go ball eligible, Southern Miss and Tulane. Okay, well, I I'm pretty sure why that was. Well, Armed Forces Bowl. What day is that? Too. When is that? That is on January fourth. The day after. And oh, okay. You know a good reason why a lot of Twitter has been seeing it. Utah State plays a basketball game, and two days later in the same area. So I'm wondering if they Utah State went forward to talk to Frisco. Oh, okay. And say, hey, can we maybe do a swap or do something? It's an ESPN bowl game. Maybe switch it around because there's a game where it's only a couple hours away if they want to see them, basketball and football team, over a weekend. Mm-hmm. But the point is, first reply, no, Air Force earned that bit by not losing to Nevada, Utah State, and Hawaii in conference. It's hard to argue. Aztec fans, it's like, we love you, but hate you too. Come on, right? You got to tap the brakes a little bit sometimes. It's like, yeah, you're not the 11-win Aztec team that's whipping up on Cincinnati and Houston in the big time, those bowl games. Or basically clean sweeping the American. So... All right, Matt, I think we I think an hour is good enough. Is this what the people want, I guess? Yeah, I think so. All right, so an hour in the books. 
recap them, recap all these games, uh, or the one game I should say. Talk about bowl stuff, coaching stuff. We'll have other podcasts later. Like I said, um, we might do some shorter ones. We'll see how things go out if we get some interviews or just want to vamp and chat about stuff because – I mean, there's a pretty good chance we'll get some more coaching news at yeah. some point anyway, because yeah. things are moving fast. I think we've mentioned at least a couple of them, but like, for instance, uh, we're recording this Sunday late afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mizzou has a new coach in Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, Arkansas has a new coach in Sam Pittman. So things could move pretty quickly for any one of the four positions that the Mountain West has open. So we'll that's, see. That's right. Um, I expect um, Danny Gonzalez to beat New Mexico any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, UNLV, I don't know what they're doing. They might, if I'm going to guess, they're going to be the last team to hire a head coach. I'm thinking. Just I wouldn't be surprised. Partly because they have some options to to get people in there. Fresno is a surprise too. Well, maybe Fresno, but Fresno already has a kind of a name they're looking at. And New Mexico, well, already Gonzalez, but uh, what's the other job? Uh, CSU, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be the guy from Ohio State, correct? Most likely. I think his Tony name Alford? has come up a lot. I don't know if he's necessarily a front runner just yet. Ooh, who do you think the front runner is? It juicy. Well, I don't. Know. I don't I haven't read. Oh, about okay. it in what the last he, couple days. He's our front runner. I'm like, hey, what do you? I just know? know. I just know that he's been brought up. I don't know if he's an especially popular pick at the moment. Oh, I thought he was. Okay. Rams okay. fans hit us up at MWC Wire. Yeah, you, you'll let us know if we're not right. So, all right, that's our show for tonight. MWR.com, MWC Wire on a. Uh, Twitter and all that fun stuff, and we'll be back. Uh, just check our feed. Like I said, we'll be back at least once this week to do probably a shorter version, not an hour or so. It happens, but we'll be back later. Um, subscribe, tell your friends, and if your team made it to a bowl, congratulations. If your team's not in a bowl game, uh, look forward to signing period and spring football because we'll be with you throughout the offseason too, folks. So we'll see you then.